Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and a warm welcome to The Call. This is the show we go in-depth. Ten companies picked by you. One picked, well, stock of the day picked by you today as well. Two expert guests all in the course of 60 Minutes. I'm Nadine Blaney. Okay, so today, drum roll please, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct is here with me in studio and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Hi, how are you? Hello. 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 (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's not a lot going on out there in the corporate front right now, you know, even though we've got reporting season coming up, we haven't had big confessions coming through, at least not today. Bank of Queensland yesterday with, um, you know, Yeah, that was, that was a bit unnerving. Yeah, so, well, unnerving how do you as an investor? But just, I mean, there's been the regional banking crisis in the US, it's like of all the times to uh, to have a, um, to be pulled up on not having sufficient risk and things, yeah. is, now's not a great time. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't have thought. And it was punished accordingly. It, yeah, exactly. But it, it, it perhaps, you know, say a year or 18 months ago, would never, wouldn't have probably been as as harsh a reaction, but you know, people are a little bit fearful around banks, and particularly around regional banks. And then on top of that, um, you know, the we, uh, you know, we I think people were already looking to liquidate out of those regional banks into the, into the more defensive majors um, anyway. So it's, I guess it just accelerated that uh, process. And let me read your mind still. Prefer Judo Bank over the others. Oh no! Look, Judo Bank is a, is a small holding because it's hard to get growth in that financial yeah. sector. Um, but yeah, we, it's CBA and Macquarie generally are. are um, we don't have CBA on as at the moment because I think it'll probably drift a little bit lower as the you know the newspapers still headlines with the mortgage cliff as we come into June, July. Um, and but yeah, looking to get that back on for sure. But. Um, and Macquarie as well, we've lightened a little. We've lightened a little bit just on the back of um, worries about broader market weakness. But Judo's one that I just see it. It always nails reporting and it does better than the analysts think. So it'll be something we just incrementally add to over the next couple of years because it's just right. It's effectively rolling out the CBA business model for mm-hmm. you know small and medium enterprises, and and it's doing. It's basically exceeding every target it sets every single earnings season. So. But it's like we're talking, we'd have an eighth of the size of Judo on than, say, Macquarie or CBAs. So. Fair enough. Um, Grady, are you guys seeing a lot of activity coming through the Bell Direct platform? We are actually seeing lower volumes than ever at the moment because we're what we're seeing, and even in the markets themselves, the volume is so low, and the, it's more—it's almost like investors are sitting on the sidelines waiting for economic data, waiting for a lot of news to come out, waiting for the U.S. debt ceiling to pass, and just sitting there thinking, "What is my next move?" Because it's so hard to predict what is going on right now, where the opportunities are, whether we're heading to a recession or not. There's just so much at play. So I think next Tuesday we'll see elevated levels when the RBA comes out with a rate hike or not. Um, the expectation is a pause, but again, after the CPI print yesterday, who knows what the RBA is going to do? Oh well, yeah, and that is a live, live, um, live perspective. I was just looking for some retail sales data. It was flat. It was yeah. flat. So yeah. this is the monthly data because, of course, we got um, you know the mm. quarterly data that came through. 
last week. Last week. Yeah, yeah. last week. And so, with that in mind, and with the scene setter in mind, well, we'll get to the stock of the day in just a moment. My segue was a bit rough there, but Eager's Automotive <laughs> will be discussed in this next half hour. Capricorn Metals, Volpara Health Technologies, PSC Insurance, and Develop Global. But the stock of the day, look, there's not a lot of corporate news out there, as I said. So I put a little bit of a shout out to the Twitter sphere. And I just asked, look, there's no blindingly obvious. I think we've got the graphic news related stock <clears throat> of the day for the call. Any solid requests? Well, thank you everyone for getting back to us. A lot of you had requested Paladin, but Paladin was of course the stock of the day yesterday. You can go back on the website, either watch the edition of the call, or I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a rail, you know, you can scroll down on the screen and every day we post the stock of the day discussion in full. So if you were after Paladin, I'm sorry to disappoint you today, that was yesterday. So with retail sales data in mind, and with inflation in mind from yesterday and the questions about the RBA next week, I thought, let's do a retailer. And thanks to, forget your name, who nominated uh, Universal Stores, that's what the stock of the day is. So Mark Gardner, out with the trading update last week. It uh, didn't provide guidance at the previous result, mm. did provide guidance in that trading update, and clearly the market was unnerved. Yeah, it was down about 21% on the day. Um, and it was really one that people were taking, thinking they were taking a little bit of safety in because it was, we thought, you know. Youth. Um, yeah, youth and, and small purchases wouldn't be affected. And you can see that in the retail trade numbers as well is the department stores um, sales and things like that have been fairly resilient overall. It's probably where most of the retail sales growth um, because those numbers have been beating expectation fairly consistently. When then obviously the larger items have been the the items in the retail sales numbers that have been getting hit. So it was one that people were. It, I think it took you know the savvy. If you're investing in that sector and you you know you know it well, that'd be one where you thought well. I think Koshi calls it the lipstick purchase. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very <laughs> old analogy. Um, is you know those little those small things. Treat thing. yourself to a little thing. So. Um, but obviously, yeah, we're starting to see, you know, even the younger generation um, have constraints on their budgets, um, you know, whether it be parents or rising rent if they're students or whatever. So, um, so yeah, look, retail is not really a sector we're allocated in much of the mall at all at the moment. Um, even with consumer discretion, we, we've got a small, smaller than normal holding in West Farmers. Um, with West Farmer shares were battered yesterday. Even yeah. Premier Investments yesterday was down significantly. Yeah, so, but one thing that will be, like, they're, they're quality companies. We've got some of the best retailers in the world, in Australia. I just think, wait, it, it, realistic, it, consumer discretionary is the part of the market that performs the worst when we hit the recession. So in the US particularly, so probably just best to, we, we've sort of been advocating, make a shopping list of those companies that you really want to buy, like, um, excuse the pun for the retail, but make a shopping list um, of those of those companies and just set levels where you want to buy in and buy in because they'll probably be, they'll be the best buying opportunity for two or three years once we cycle out of this. But you know, we've been talking about this recession forever, and but it's it's likely to materialise in yeah, the next well, three, four, three to four months. It's so. interesting when you talk about levels because even in the wake of that trading update that came from Universal Stores last week, we did see a couple of the brokers either maintain their buy ratings on the stock and one of which was Morgan's who said, you know, Yes, it will be difficult conditions lingering into next year, but it's got a current low valuation and a, an attractive dividend yield. Or 
Are Bell Potter analysts just saying steer clear of the discretionary space? No, we do actually have a buy on one. Um, again, it does pay a dividend. Accent Group is our choice in the retail space. We have a hold on other retailers like Best and Less City Cheek because of inventory levels. So when we're looking at retail stocks, we look for inventory levels, we look for headwinds and high rental costs. The thing about Universal is they have high rental costs, and which is inflationary at the moment with the RBA's interest rate hikes. So again, there's a high cost that they're bearing and also with the expectation of uh, consumer spending to come down, the Accent Group is not in a, gr- I mean, sorry, the Universal stores mm-hmm. are not in a great position to weather this storm. Whereas the Accent Group is the reason we have a buy rating because they target the younger demographic, like the Universal stores, but Universal's is slightly higher age group. You, uh, the Accent Group is like the sneakers, TikTok age group, buying sneakers with their first paycheck, no cost of living pressures at all. So that's why we like the Accent Group. And oh, so okay. they've got lower inventory levels. Um, they're really digitally integrated. So they've got 750 stores, 40 websites, 35 brands. They've got, a, they cover most of the field. So in this, in the uh, retail space, it's about diversification for us and uh, yeah, obviously healthy inventory levels as well. Thank you, guys. I'm going to call that a bonus buy. First of the day, Accent Group. Thanks, Grady. All right, let's get to the first company that has been picked by you. Emily, thanks for writing in. This is Eagers Automotive. So APE, Mark, just for fun, let's start with you. Yeah, so this is, uh, I mean, the big story for AP Eagers realistically is uh, BYD expansion, the electric vehicle expansion. Um, They've got it in 12 of their 400 locations. and so I sort of dug down into that more so. Um, and look, BYD is growing two and a half times faster than Tesla at the moment. And, and Nick Politis obviously is you know very savvy operator in this space. He's a, one of the major shareholders. Um, quite often will re- sell, rescue the share price uh, with some director buying when it gets hit. Um, and look, it'd be interesting to see what their actual business model sort of is because I think these guys are involved in a lot of those car um, car sales um, places. Are, it's all about um, servicing costs, etc., which is sort of why the, the likes of Mercedes, BMW, and your, your premium European brands have really kind of erred away from it because that's where they they don't sell at a great margin, but then they pick that margin up in selling highly overpriced <laughs> parts to you. So, um, and and in terms of buying, you know, most people want to buy an electric vehicle, um, in, you know, within the surveys, is will consider an electric vehicle for the next vehicle. So, these guys are about 16 to 17% cheaper uh, at the lower end of the market, so they should do relatively well. Um, and these, and AP Eagles, as it's kind of a sneaky real estate play as well. They've got really premium real estate um, for their, where their car yards are. Um, so it, you know, I, I think overall it's probably going to be tough times. Big purchases like cars, uh, particularly with, you know, uh, like loan uh, interest rates for, uh, you know, depreciating mm-hmm. assets like cars are going to be extraordinarily high personal for a while. Loans, yeah. Personal loans, etc. So um, they will do it tough, but this I wouldn't be buying it today necessarily. But it's certainly one that there is huge growth prospects if people are going to transition to that EV. Um, because they can roll it out to another, you know, three hundred and eighty odd stores. So if you owned it, you would hold it. If you owned it, you'd yeah, I think you would hold it. Um, I would yeah, it'd be more one I'd be considering in the back half of the year because um, I, I can't really see you know big ticket items like cars with a you know tw- anywhere up to twelve percent interest rates for 
personal car loan is, you know, it, it, being very attractive when your rent's gone up and everything else. Yeah, it's steep. All right, what do you guys make of it? We have a buy rating on it, but the price target recently downgraded from $15.25 to $15. We see that May and June are really key months for this company, given the instant, instant asset write-off that a lot of uh, companies, a lot of people do ahead of tax time. So that's what we saw. Um, their recent results came out. They were kind of flatline in the last prior corresponding period. Um, that was because of slightly lower deliveries from their key brands of Toyota, Mazda and Mitsubishi. But those are expected to improve in the next half of the financial year, which is good. Um, there were some also key events that impacted the company. So two wet weather events in New Zealand and some key cost pressures on inventory cost. So again, they're weathering a bit of a storm right now. They've got a bit of uh, cost issues, but at the same time, we're expecting the, the May and June time to be really strong in sales for them, given the instant asset write-off class of the tax uh, Part of the tax season and um, we see that the improvement in sales in BYD as Mark was saying is exactly where you want to be so looking forward into the into the longer term outlook we've got to weather through this recession first well pending recession um, but at the same time a lot of people are turning to EV and a lot of people want to change their cars so at the same time the, the demand will be there because we're seeing switch to EV but again these high ticket items aren't priority right this very second mm-hmm. so okay. buy rating at the moment um, but slightly lower downgraded our uh, price target thank you all right hope that helps Emily don't forget this is information only this is not financial advice it's not for your own personal circumstances Capricorn Metals. This is for Sarah. I'm leaving Mark out of this one for now. (laughs) It's a gold play. What do you think of it there at Bell Potter? Yeah, we have a buy rating. It's just recently been upgraded from a hold with a price target of $4.90. Now, they've got the gold exploration project and they've also got their already producing 100% owned Mm -hmm. Carlo Winter Gold project. Now, gold, what we like about this company is that they've got a really strong management team with proven experience with Regis Resources. So they know what they're doing. They've already got the team underway, they're already producing. Um, They're obviously going to benefit from the positive outlook for the gold price. The gold price has remained really strong in Australian dollars spot price over the last year. So that's really driving a tailwind for them. Um, We've also seen that they're going to uh, continue to benefit from the declining rate and discovery of major new gold projects in Australia. They're in a tier one jurisdiction WA, exactly where you want to be for gold mining. And the scale of their operations continues to grow. So once what we want to see from gold miners and gold producers, they're one of the top performing and they continue to be so their costs are under control it's exactly what you want to see for a gold miner so understanding that they've also recently got their um, 10 10 year mine life with reserves as well so exactly all ticking all the boxes for a gold miner so in bell potter's point of view it's definitely a buy rating right now yeah right yeah and they updated the market sort of toward the end of april to grady's point and they did say that they you know they're, they're sticking by their cost of production guidance which of course has been such an issue for a lot of these miners Mark, I know you're not a fan of gold, but yeah. when you look at the fundamentals, when you look at the yeah, metrics... Gold, is, gold aside, they're, 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 dis, they're very disciplined fiscally um, yep. and they do have a good management team. Uh, we like Regis and Gold Road in this space. Um, yeah, and with that, but obviously, I think we've gone over this quite a few times. Um, my, I mean, I'm, my preferred exposure is in silver, just for the higher industrial use, basically, um, or probably, yeah, I think, copper. Uh, some, yeah, a gold producer with a high um, with a high copper uh, production as well, uh, because there there really is a, a very you know large tightening of supply of copper globally, and uh, there will be a supply gap at some stage this year. It probably will be hidden by the recession initially, but 
um, with the transition to electric vehicles and renew and the energy transition, etc., there is nowhere near enough um, copper mines in the pipeline to fulfil what the demand is going to be. So, yeah, I like I said, if you're going to consider a gold miner, something with a little bit of copper in it, or, or alternatively silver, the gold-silver ratio at the moment is at around about 78. So. Above 50 means that um, gold is leading the way and silver is lagging. And what we saw in um, previous gold rallies is that silver will lag initially and then we'll play some serious catch up uh, once the moves confirmed. So it's a bit of a cheaper way of getting in there. And at the moment, there's not too many options in silver on the ASX. Um, so we're just going with um, ETP mag, which is the physical silver ETF for now, just to take advantage of the price. Uh, the price rise because the store of value trade tends to do best when the when the rate hike cycle has finished. So, but Capricorn Metals, would you buy, hold, or sell it? Um, as I said, Regis and Gold Road are our favourite in this space at the moment. Um, and I'm probably not a not being a gold bug. I'm not particularly across the whole sector. So, okay. um, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I hold if you've got it, I suppose, because you, you're looking for a rise in the gold price. And if that materialises, then, you know, these things will come up anyway. So Thank you. All right, Sarah, hope that helped you. Now, let's see who has written in about what next for Para Technologies. And that has been picked by Katie. So, Katie, here's one for you. Volpara updated the market yesterday. So these were the full year, not yesterday, last week. Yeah. Mm. Full year results, I do believe, coming through. I spoke with the CEO, Terry Thomas. Um, She's very confident that there will be revenue growth coming through. Uh, You know, looking toward cash flow break even. Is this positive, positive, positive for Bell Potter? It absolutely is. Very positive for Bell Potter. We have a buy rating and price target of $1.20 up from $1.10 on the back of last week's results. Now, the company of operates in uh, the breast cancer detection space. And so that's exactly where we're seeing a lot of governments, a lot of regulators around the world are prioritizing cancer diagnosis space at the moment, especially um, through the use of artificial intelligence. And I know AI is the word of this week, and that's exactly what this company does. So again, puts them in the right place at the right time. Um, Their results suggest break even, as you said, in the second half of uh, this year, no, of next year, of next financial year, so H, to 2024. Um, They reported revenue growth of 34%, which exceeded top line guidance. Uh, Revenue was assisted by the currency tailwind because it's New Zealand dollars, obviously, which is again strength. Um, The loss at EBIT was $10.2 million, but that was an improvement of 33% on the prior corresponding year. So that's great. Um, Cash burn from operations came down. So it's exactly what you want to see with these healthcare companies. Um, Q3 and 4 cash uh, generation from operations was really strong and modestly positive. So again, on the way to break even. So investors in this space really want to see companies going through commercialization, break even. And so once they do, that's exactly where they want to be. So again, the company is um, leading the software industry for mammography. And that's exactly what we like to see. So buy rating because they're that close to breaking even. Yeah. And they're winning those contracts in the US. Focus on the US as well. And um, I know that their CEO has sort of deep, not sort of, she has deep knowledge of the US medical system, which is so tricky to navigate. Like you really have to know it if you're getting into that space. Yeah, look, I was lucky, I'm lucky enough. My wife's a lymphodermotherapist, which handles all breast cancer, a lot of breast cancer hey. post-op op, yeah. uh, therapy, etc. So I, as far as the business goes, um, it's something I wouldn't be considering right now, just on the back of, um, Headwinds coming up, and I'd, I would like to see it go cash flow positive. But I just went, I, I got some really good insights from her in terms of like addressable market, etc. I think they're in two thousand locations. Um, 
back of the napkin sort of numbers, essentially Australian, how many clinics there are in Australia versus the US, basically there's probably you know 8,000 say max that they can go. So their, uh, their product is uh, to do with um, dense breast uh, mammography and um, it is where they have the most amount of problems actually in identifying the cancer. So it is, um, it is a leader in terms of um, getting onto those really early detection cases. So, um, and in terms of addressable market, there's one thing that, um, that Lib said, which is really interesting, is that obviously the, your addressable market's from 50 to 75 year olds, essentially, which is roughly about oh, 50 million women in the US. Um, but there's increasing research showing that, um, you know, uh, pills link, you know, uh, pills with uh, adjust your mm. hormones, et cetera, could be linked to breast cancer. And, and the, 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 I think the evidence is getting stronger and stronger, but that literally doubles your addressable market in, te- in terms of getting, a, getting an uptake. Uh, there's been a really impressive uptake from about 40% of women in the States getting their mammograms regularly to now nearly 80%. So if they, but if they, if they make a push to a younger generation, because these studies turn out to be true, there is a huge growth potential because you'll be basically doubling the amount of consults. So um, there is competition in the space, but it is more, it, it's not It's not in the same area of the dense tissue. It's more um, in the fatty tissue, which isn't quite as effective, but it, I, it would be cheaper. Um, and it does a few things very differently. So I wouldn't expect them to dominate the market. Um, but you know there, there is a lot of really positive things broadly for the um, uh, for the use of this algorithm and this software. Um, but I would just probably I'd, I'd be waiting. Uh, you know, so you want that updates. cash flow break even before prob- you get it? Yeah, at the moment that's kind of one of our rules, and I'm really big on keeping sticking to our rules at the moment. And we're not really buying companies that are you know that aren't cash flow positive. So, so you're saying at the moment because that's a reflection of the cycle. Like yeah, the, the, it's, it's, cycle. It's, it's just the cycle basically. Um, but I, I definitely would say, you know, back half of this year, if we get through, um, if we get through the recession we've been talking about for God knows how long, um, I, I think a dollar twenty is a very conservative price target, to be honest. Mm. So, um, and particularly if there is a, you know, is some, um, some progress in that uh, in the hormones related to the breast cancer gene. So, okay. not gene, sorry, the breast cancer um, triggers. Well, that that was uh, informative as well as instructive. This is, yes, well, not, not none of my work. Uh, yeah, my, yeah my, well, my it good helps. Life, so. Spread the hair, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and also overseas, they tend to screen for breast cancer. They tend to send people for mammograms younger. Like, you really have yeah. to have an excuse here to go get one early. It's so hard to get. I actually yeah. wanted to get one the other day. I was like, oh, maybe I need to think about it. Yeah. You, you can't until you're 45, and the process to even book one in is so hard. I, I just gave up. Yeah. I was like, well, I know. what do you do? I know. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, we'll move on from that. And get to the next on the list, insurance, PSC insurance. This is for Aisha. Um, thanks for writing in. I, I don't remember talking about this one. Uh, PSI is the ticker code. Uh, Mark, do you know a lot about this one? I do not know a lot about this one. Um, and I've not really heard uh, too much about it either. Um, they've had an acquisition last year in August. Um, they're, you know, fairly global exposure. Yeah, um, they're, they're in the United Kingdom. They do a lot of distribution. Um, yeah. I mean, you in Hong Kong is yeah. very, like, they're hubs for insurance and reinsurance globally. So, 
Um, one thing I did notice, it's not very liquid um, and it's at quite a high PE as it stands at the moment. Um, but, and it's, it, it was really specialised in the construction industry as well, which is, at that point, I, it was a few too many red flags for the immediate term for me um, with, um, you know, stat, I think there were stats in the AFR the other day, you know, there's speculation that nearly half of the Australian construction industry is trading um, insolvent at the moment. So, and I don't think much is different in, in the UK. It actually might be probably worse given um, how high their inflation is, et cetera. So, um, yeah, very low volume. And I think there's there's certainly a risk to the downside given they're you know, involved in construction, in the construction industry. So you don't want to be involved in a thin stock if there's you know if if there's a downside risk because it's very very hard to get out. You want to be involved in a thin stock when you've managed to buy in early and there's not much on the way up. But yeah. uh, and so and you'll get a really good run. But um, it's yeah. But insurance companies should generally do better. The, I think the premiums have been going up across the board and. Um, and obviously higher interest rates uh, because obviously they're investing in, in uh, a lot of them just are investing in bonds basically they're going to get a high return on on your on the premiums um, so it hasn't been the best of environments for insurance companies because they've been it's getting very competitive um, and they haven't really had low risk assets to be getting a nice yield out of for a long time so um, but yeah I think you'll find better options in the insurance space for now mm-hmm okay. Um, thanks for that. I was actually, I do remember this now. There was a takeover or a joint venture with Tizers, mm-hmm. which is a retail group. And so it is not going to proceed now from what I recall. Um, but yeah, UBS saying that um, it was disappointing given that the initial terms were quite attractive for the company. Still, it says now around $100 million is freed for acquisition elsewhere. So with the core business performing ahead of plan, uh, well, first of all, does Bell Potter agree? You know, is this also, you know, a growth story? In That's a way? exactly what we heard. Ah, That's our report. You've okay. just nailed it. So um, our, we have a buy rating, but the price target significantly lower post the ending of the talks for the Tizers, a joint venture with AUB. So AUB Group owns Tizers. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. So they me. own Tizers and they were going to go halves on it. Um, a uh, PSC was about to pay $100 million to AUB to have a joint venture in Tizers. Um, that ended with for no reason um, and it was, they were very, very short on the reason for it. There was no um, in-depth ex- like explanation, nothing. It just ended. So um, that was the reason that we see. It was disappointing on all fronts. UBS, us, Bell Potter were really disappointed with it. Um, but they do see it as an opportunity because they're on a, they're a growth story. They're looking for a lot of acquisitions at the moment, um, given that we're seeing a lot of uh, well, growing demand for insurance globally. So given the current economic conditions, a lot of people are insuring themselves. Um, so the thing that the ending the JV allows them to have a lot more kind of buffer on the balance sheet and the $100 million left in the reserves if they want to go after another acquisition. So we do see it as a growth story. Um, again, they've, they've got a solid pipeline of acquisitions, so it's kind of just a watch and wait to see what that next acquisition is. But yeah, buy rating at the moment, but the price target down from $6.23 to $5.86 just on the back of that ending, JP. So you said $5.86? Five eight six. Okay, yeah. right, thanks. Okay, glad I asked. Um, actually, I sh- you should ask. <laughs> uh, thank you for writing in. Let's get to the last on the list before we check in for one of the last times with the current Ausbiz portfolio. This one is Develop Global for Arian, and it is DVP is the ticker code. I'll start with you on this one, Grady. So uh, this is basically 
uh, a s- underground mining? Yeah, it's a it's a it's hybrid technology? mining. Yeah, okay. so it's a it's a really interesting story. I was actually at the Resources Rising Stars conference. And they had a stand there, and they kind of stand out amongst everyone. They've got they're in the space where you want to be. So in mining, you want to see diversification in battery metals, and that's exactly where they are: zinc, copper, lead, and gold. Um, so that's a tick for us. Um, we do have a buy rating with a price target of four dollars twenty. So a little bit of a jump from what it is now. Now the reason we've only just initiated coverage of this recently and that was because it's it's a unique mine builder owner value proposition so they have the mining contract to operate at Bellevue's mine which is the 400 million dollar contract so that's revenues coming in operating there for them but they also have their own mine um, which is the Woodlawn Zinc Copper Mine and the Sulphur Springs Zinc Copper Project. So yeah, that's in New South Wales. Yes, yeah. so they have two of those ready to go. They're expected that the Woodlawn operations will be ready to go by mid CY24, so mid next year, which is obviously exciting, but it's also the same time that the peak revenue generation comes in from the Bellevue contract. So they can fully fund themselves, which is a, exactly what you want to hear for mining. And it's a really, really smart prospect and they've got a really really good management team so bill beeman the founding shareholder of northern star resources he's on he's there um he's on the management team um and it's which is obviously the second largest asx listed gold producer so given they have experience in the field they've kind of understood the mining space at the moment in the fact you need diversification and you need to funding um just says they're really onto a onto a winner here and they've got this reinvigorated strategy so it's to provision underground mining services for in-house mining assets and to be a producer of future facing um, materials and minerals in a tier one jurisdiction so tick tick on both fronts um it's an exciting story and i'm actually really excited to follow it along so so yeah, specky buy uh buy buy just a buy. just a buy oh. strong buy Strong buy, um, writing that down. All right, uh, we have not had a double buy yet. No, I have this feeling this is not up your alley. Uh, no, <laughs> that is not correct. Oh, <laughs> for, for the same reasons Grady said, they, they've got revenue coming in. They're it's not. Awesome. They're not. They're not sitting there in that orphan phase where mm. they're waiting for construction and coming cap in hand to you sh- to you know to the shareholders every yeah. six months saying. Um, they also upgraded their resource this morning by 32%. Oh, so yeah. even, I don't know, you probably Maybe have to that's go to why Superbike. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold and, on. And I am a, I'm massively bullish copper and uh, and zinc as well and, um, and the battery minerals that they're doing. So the fact that they're going to have that revenue coming through and also um, you know, Northern Star has been... You know, the management that have come over from Northern Star, he did a very good job previously. So, you know, you've got someone at the helm who's actually done this before and um, and gone through that entire life cycle. Uh, so, yeah, I actually really quite like this one. Um, but it only be, I mean, it's speculative buy. It's not going to be a huge allocation um, for us, but they're in all the right commodities for my mind. They've got revenue in the background. Um, I mean, the likes of mineral resources sort of started like mm. this, basically, where they were mining services and then they ended up owning their own mines. So, um, not to say this will be mineral resources, but it's um, it's a it's a proven way to get you know to not have to go back to your shareholders and be constantly diluted and uh, and sit there patiently waiting for the next update as to. You know whether they've gone uh-huh. over budget, whether they're under budget. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. This month, uh, this morning actually was just after the market open. Yeah, it's um, gone into a trading halt. Since yeah, then. it's in a trading halt today. Uh-huh. Um, I dare say that will be a pretty. It'll be up when it comes back on. Yeah. Um, they didn't talk much about the gold, but it was more the the zinc this. and the zinc and copper part, which yeah. is the part that I like anyway. So. <laughs> 
Um, and they did have a situation, uh, you know, a while ago where there was a, you know, there was a lot of options for the. Um, for the for management, but we're so far past that now. That dilution, I think, has probably just been digested by the market quite solidly. But it was um, was quite a bit. But yeah, thirty two percent increase to the fresh ore resource. Ah, oh, awesome. Well, I have just gone to the ASX website. I don't know why my internet is so slow today. If you see me looking down a lot, that's why, because <laughs> yeah. everything's like 1990 here right now. Um, but I went to the website. I have just emailed the producer of the small caps, and hopefully, we can get. If you're listening, Develop Global, we can get you on. Um, the small caps program ASAP because now I'm my interest is peaked. We just got our first double buy, and I was not expecting that. <laughs> I don't know why. I love this job. Okay, let me let me just take a bit of a pause. Let these guys wet their whistles and uh, go through the first five stocks of the day, including the stock of the day. Uh, look, discretionary retailer retails pretty much are no for the team at Macro Capital right now. But he says this is Mark Gardner. Have a shopping list ready because there will be a time to start buying some of these retailers um, you know when when we uh, when we get the bottom in when that will be nobody knows uh, accent group is a bonus buy from Grady and the team of Bell Potter she would not be buying universal stores right now eagers automotive it's a buy for the team at Bell Potter price target $15 they like the instant asset write-off that is likely to happen in the next couple of months uh, it's a hold though if you have it for mark because he just doesn't see now as the time to buy, but he does see huge growth prospects, especially when you're thinking about EV and the adoption of EV. Capricorn Metals for Sarah, it's a hold for Mark. You know him, he's not a big fan of gold. He prefers silver. ETP Mag is the ETF he plays at. And the team at Macro prefer Regis Road, uh, Regis and Gold Road. But it's a buy for Grady and the team at Bell Direct. It was recently upgraded, in fact, management. You want good management always when it comes to mining, but they reckon they've got it here in spades at Capricorn Metal CMM. Valpara buy price target $1.20 for Bell Potter, Macro Capital. And Mark in particular has a bit of um, you know real insight into it from his wife. Hello to you. Um, <laughs> But, but in this environment, Mark will wait, happy to wait for that cash flow positive or cash flow break even situation to unfold because there are so many unknowns out there right now. PSC Insurance, a bit of a disagreement. Mark points out that it's pretty illiquid, high PE. Team at Bell Potter like it. It's a buy. Price target, though, has been put down because it recently missed out on a joint venture. Um, but look, demand for insurance, uh, they reckon, is going to continue to be pretty strong. And then you just heard Develop Global. Um, yeah, it's a double buy. It will be put to the investment committee. It won't be in the next episode, which is released on Tuesday. Uh, it's We just, just literally shot it. Um, so this is your sort of last look at what the portfolio looked like going into May. Macquarie, West Farmers, Elders, trimmed. We added Wise Tech Global, MA Financial, also to cash. And we've got some exposure in the tourism space to Kelsey and Group. So performance so far, it's taken a bit of a hit lately, this week, in fact, 7.44% um, return on a cumulative return basis. So, yep, we'd still love you to keep sending those requests in and we will keep getting to them as soon as we can. We do get a lot of requests. We've got a bit of a backlog right now, I know. Okay, coming up, uh, Strike Energy, Neuron Pharmaceuticals, 360 Capital, um, pre Premium, and Atomos Group. Okay, let's get to it. This is for Michael, Strike Energy, STX. I'll start with you, Mark Gardner. Um, look, oil's coming under a bit of pressure right now, oil and gas. 
yeah. uh, because of these global growth concerns, but not a lot of new investment in projects. No, there isn't. And I like, obviously, these guys sold Warrego for 136 yeah. million um, and probably got, you know, I would say the top for the next couple of months at least. Um, there is an OPEC meeting over the weekend, uh, OPEC Plus, I believe. So, look, they've, they've been, you know, rattling their spears and saying they're going to cut off supply, etc. So, I'm not bold enough to make a call there, but even with the threats recently, the oil prices seem to have just come back down. Um, China, China's economic numbers have been, I mean, the reopening's yeah. not been played out anywhere near as well as what everyone thought it would. So, uh, yeah, it's it, that that's gonna that's gonna weigh on oil. Um, this obviously in the in the WA basin, uh, there is huge demand for that going forward. Um, there's a you know there'll be it's uh, to, I think you allowed Philip Pepe and I to have a back foot buy I think, last week. Um, it'll be something I'd be buying on the dip. So this I've, is why um, I don't change the rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you allowed it. You allowed it. So. All right, back foot buy. Back foot, but yeah, I, I, look, there's they, I think it was really good time. Um, I mean, they miss, and I and I think the prospects are very good for that gas field, etc., and the and the demands um, going forward. But as I said, it wouldn't be a buy today, just on the back of this, you know, OPEC meeting on the weekend, and yeah. and there's a lot going on in the markets. So I just probably prefer to wait for now. Okay, wait, but you like it. What about you, Grady? Specky buy for us at so the price target of fifty eight cents. Now our Bell Potter report is actually titled "Only Half Time." Um, because there is such a huge uh, demand for the Perth Basin and gas in the Perth Basin. We have Chris Ellison, who was going after Warrego, pulled out. Then we had Gina Reinhardt, who actually got it. Um, Beach Energy was interested. They pulled out. And then, obviously, Strike is the operator, the 50% operator of the Warrego um, operations there. So, again, there is such a tight demand on domestic Australian gas. We're seeing a lot of um, move out of coal as well, just because of, obviously, the carbon global footprint. Um, so what we're seeing is that the there is a need for this gas. Demand's really high. There's shortages, and um, as yeah, again, as we're moving away from, moving away from coal coal fired power, it just increases demand crazy up on this gas. Now we're expecting um, the first. What we're expecting, the huge part about Strike Energy is that the they'll enter FY24 with gas production at the well Yering um, part of the Perth Basin. So that's exactly what we want to see. Um, that's the reason for the prior, for the spec buy at the moment because they are on track to have this coming out. Um, they were expecting that the unrisk is also implied by the price of around eight dollars per gigajoule, I think it is, of mm. gas. So and that's pretty high given what we're seeing at the moment. I think it's around six at the moment. So. Again, this is showing exactly what they want and what we want to see from them. The South Aragala part of the Perth Basin will come online in 2025. So they've got this really good timeline underway. And at the same time, we're seeing decreased demand for those dirty energies. So exactly what we want to see from Strike Energy. So that's the reason we have a spec buy rating at the moment. Spec you buy. There you go. Let's get to Nurin Pharmaceuticals. Look, this is for Luke. This is a company really that has been, um, you know, hitting the ball out of the park, you could say. 
Um, you know, really successful trials going through, commercialization imminent. Uh, talk to us about it, Granny. It is a buy from us and it's a, this is a stock I kick myself every time I talk about it because it's the one I've been talking about for a while. I didn't buy in and I wish I bought in. Um, our price target is $16.50. Um, it's just been upgraded from $13.67 because this company keeps continuing to go from strength to strength. Um, the thing about this company and the reason a lot of people think it's on a buy, it's on a run, like don't buy in now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the beginning for them. And the thing about it is they've got the trifenotide, which is now debut commercial name in the US. It's launched, it's making money for them. Um, they continue to get royalties from the sales of it through Arcadia Pharmaceuticals. Um, and that's obviously for the treatment of Rhett syndrome. And there's a huge addressable market and partnership opportunities. So they've just targeted the US. They have opportunities to advance into Europe, which is 13,000 patients with Rhett syndrome, China with 28,000 patients with Rhett syndrome, and Japan with 3,000 patients with Rhett syndrome. So understanding that huge addressable market for the Rett syndrome trifenotide product or drug. But the reason I said it's only the beginning is because they have a second mm-hmm. a second product or second drug in <laughs> stage two trials for the treatment of four neurodevelopmental diseases, including Pitt-Hopkins syndrome and Prader-Willi syndrome. And so understanding that the addressable market we see is 1.8 billion US dollars in annual net sales per year in the US, and that's just the US. So it is just the beginning for Neuro, and they're making money. It's exactly what we want to see. And I kick myself and will continue to do so. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few of those in my time here. Honestly, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, why? <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, though. Um, There's but, always more. Yeah, uh, exactly. So um, would you be buying Nuren now? Uh, would I you agree. wait for a day that there's a pullback? Uh, look, I've been, I was trying to stick to the rules. Yeah, yeah, I would, basically. Okay. Um, I had this with Henry Jennings, I think a day or two after it had that initial yeah. spike, and mm. I think we both said, just wait, just in case. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, the, the red syndrome, it's the only treatment available. Yeah. So mm. that when we're talking addressable market, it's addressable market without competition. Yeah. So that's a huge plus. And um, and, and look, the, uh, the very... <laughs> The very sexy name NNZ2591 um, is the other drug that they have. Um, That addressable market is five times larger than the um, uh, than the debut. So it's realistically they've got things in the pipeline and they've actually managed to get one to commercialisation. They're getting the royalties, etc. Yeah, I don't see any reason. I mean, that massive spike there. I I, I get why people and and you know I was as well. You see a massive spike like that, and you think, oh, you know, is it it going to just pull back? But it's it to me. I'm I'm not much of a chartist, but it's consolidated and started to grind higher, and um, Mm. and I think it'll probably continue to do so. So uh, and it is fairly late stage. um, Mm -hmm. That that other drug, I won't go through that serial number again. Um, (laughs) But and they and the debut drug as well as they they are looking at um, using it for other neurological mm, disorders yeah. as well so um, look they could get lucky basically I think it's coordination and speech and things like that so um, it could be useful in strokes etc so um, and, but, and and you know like they're committed um, mm. well and they're, they're commercial you know yeah. I, I, they're gonna make money and and hopefully they and they've had a, they're not just a one-trick pony. Yeah. They've had other things in the background. They've been smart about it. But there's another. There's something else coming. And now 
you may, maybe perhaps that extra that those royalties coming through and that extra money is probably going to accelerate that process potentially mm. into an even bigger market. So, yeah, I back the company to uh, to convert. That's a double buy. I need oh. some sort of a bell in oh, here. You do, I do. <laughs> um, John Pilcher is the CEO. We've spoken with him a number of times on the program. So it's just part of doing your own research. You know, mm. you, I don't know how you use the Ausbiz website, but you can go to the search function and you can just type in the company name. And, you know, you can get a whole sort of wealth of information from guests like my expert guests today, but also some of the CEO interviews if you want to listen to the story as being told by the company itself. That's just my PSA for today. Let's get back to the companies that you've nominated. And it is 360 Capital. So the, the ticker code is TGP. So this is not Life360, 360, 360 Capital, picked by Matt who says, can you please get the experts to discuss it? He tells us current market cap, 175 mil, 30 million of cash, private credit and hotels, which he says is going gangbusters behind the scenes. And he reckons it's got superstar, smart, smart management and board. Um, it's interesting because there's so much interest in alternatives right now, mm. in private debt, private capital, and there are ways to play it through a listed vehicle. Yeah, but there's very yeah very few ways to play through a listed vehicle. Um, yeah, you don't probably don't want to look at this through the lens of the traditional rate. They they're quite active in their they're almost there's um, long term investor versus active trader in the stock market equivalent, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and which means that they they would have their finger on the pulse. They would know what's going through because you know if you if you're actively transacting, um, you know in then you're keeping an eye on the market. Um, their management is very, very highly regarded with a great track record. Um, it's a 15% discount to NTA at the moment, if you go back to those traditional sort of rate um, statistics. Um, I mean, hotels, et cetera, I, yeah, I, uh, is not is not a sector we prefer industrial when we're going to go with real estate um, at the moment just because of the supply gap going forward but you know if these guys do a, execute in a great job like a mark um, a commercial property pullback actually might play into these guys hands really really well mm -hmm. so it'd be one that you may wear some paint on because it may get painted with the brush of you know other REITs and a, you know property prices being in the newspaper and everyone will you know the REIT sector does just tend to move in this sort of pack mentality sometimes um, and no matter how you know high quality it is versus you know it, they all just seem to move together and then it sorts itself out over the course of a few months but these this, these guys would be we I think with that good management I think they'll take advantage of a downturn in property so yeah, it'd be a hold for now, but it'd be def when if the REIT sector does take a little bit of pain and this falls down with the rest of it, mm -hmm. I, that'd be it'd be high up on my list outside of industrials to be buying. I think so. Um, so yeah, and look, and if you've got it for now, it still yields five percent. So it's not you know you might wear some mark to market pain, but you're still going to get paid a dividend okay. along the way. Good one. Um, what do you think of TGP? Honestly, this is not the stock that we look into. So I mm. had to do a quite extensive research because not many brokers cover it at all. We don't, definitely don't cover it. Um, I'm going with a hold just because of their first half results are quite disappointing. So statutory operating profit was $5.9 million, down 62% on the prior corresponding period. Um, statutory net loss was 600000 which is down 102% on the prior corresponding period. But the REIT sector is up 2.93% this year. So investors want the REIT, REIT stocks. As we saw with the chart, it was not 
the prettiest chart I've ever seen. Um, so it's come down. Uh, again, as the viewer said, they said hotels are going gangbusters right now, but interest rates are rising. So the cost of operating those hotels are, is growing. So again, at the moment, REITs aren't a big area that Bell Potter covers. And so I'd go with a hold just because their first half profit, uh, their first half results don't look very appealing to me. Yeah, okay. It's a tricky space to analyze because yeah. you know, yeah. headline numbers I mean, these guys might be a victim of actually being a little bit too honest. Yeah. And, and, and whereas, you know, you've got a lot of, you, you go looking for an office, for instance. I mean, you're still paying the rent, but then the incentives are built in. So, you exactly. know, the, the office managers like, you know, the likes of Dexit, say, for instance, can maintain maintain their rent, say that the rentals haven't dropped too much, but they're, you know, they're also throwing the kitchen sink at you to fit out your office and yeah, give you a yeah, free yeah. year and things like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it is a very tricky space to have, like to yeah. you really look under the bonnet. So, so be careful, but I, I like the look of it um, overall. And um, yeah, it's, I think it's probably one, yeah, you, you might pick up very cheaply. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for that, guys. And thanks for writing in, Matt. And this one is for Raj. Premium PPS is a ticker code. Please uh, get the experts to talk about this from a fundamental point of view. He says the stock keeps going down despite what he reckons are good fundamentals and results. Management is doing a share buyback. He talks about the broker consensus on this one. He says that they also pay good dividends. Everything appears, you can feel his frustration, Raj. Everything appears to be going well, except the share price. What is not right in the share price movement? I mean, do you always believe the market? I don't think this stock's alone in being underpriced. Mm. Like there is a lot out there at the moment and um, that are just getting absolutely, you know, belted and and some that are very stubbornly high. So um, it's I think it's because you, I think we've covered this on the CIV before where at the moment, you can Google what your view is, and you can find an expert for absolutely every angle. Some people go soft landing. Some so some some stocks which are in favour, you know, will we'll go with that thesis. Some stocks that are out of favour, it's it's it, like we, the reality is we don't really know how this is going to necessarily play out. We've gone one of the biggest hiking cycles in 40 years, a long run of zero interest rates, which we've never had before in history. Like We're coming out of COVID um, as well, which which caused a major bump in the market. And then an influx of um, you know fiscal spending, um, monetary policy, stimulus. And um, so there's a lot, like this, this period that since basically 2020, we're only talking three years in the scheme of things. We've had to deal with an enormous amount of external influences, and you know, you. This is, I mean, this is. But one of the reasons I think premium will do actually quite well is because fund managers are seeing massive outflows because they don't think they've handled that very well, and people are just going back to you know, managing their own stuff on their own platform. So. Um, I've had a look at the platform. It looks, it, you know, it looks really, it looks really smart, and um, and I think that sort of massive outflow of uh, financial advisors um, due to the Royal Commission and the, the difficulty in, in being able to get, I think it's some ridiculous high percentage of people failing that exam, mm. um, is that the people who are left need a platform like this to be able to operate it like at scale because you know they're getting lots of clients in, but. Um, I think ASIC's even looking at sort of watering down the rules a touch um, because basically now there's so few advisors that the people that actually need the advice 
uh, so far down the pecking order because they're not high net worth, so they're not getting the advice they need. So, um, but yeah, every, everything is ticking the boxes on this one, and I think it's um, I think overall that that outflow of money from fund managers this year, the likes of Magellan, etc. I think a lot of it's going to platforms like this or Hub Twenty Four or, or, or businesses mm-hmm. like that. So, so what I'm, is it? A buy hold? I know I'm happy to buy this one. Absolutely, I, I think it, you know I, I think it is undervalued, and I think the market's just got it wrong. Double buy, add it Double to the committee. <laughs> um, we don't cover it, but Shaws or Minette and everyone uh, cover it. And they've got a seven buy ratings. On, there's seven brokers with yeah, buy ratings at the moment. Yeah, let's not go against the crowd. Um, we're not going to go. We're going to stay with the crowd on this one. Now, I actually spoke to the CFO yesterday because I wasn't as familiar with the company. And so I wanted to get a kind of heads up on what the company does um, and to have a look. He reckons, so I did ask this exact question, yeah. why is the share price underperforming? His reason is that the whole broader market conditions are taking a hit on the sector. Mm. Again, as Mark very well said, that the whole sector, we're seeing so many outflows out of these fund managers and a lot of them are de-risking by going on platform. So by going on platform like premium, you're, again, de-risking, you've got the cushion, you've got the kind of comfort of knowing that it's with a platform, it's with the regulators, it's very well regulated, they have high technology, uh, their customer satisfaction is actually 96%. So unbelievable results there. Um, the thing about this market though is it's quite saturated. So you have the big banks who have their own um, wraps platform or platforms. Um, you have NetWealth, Hub24 and Premium all competing for market share. Um, Premium has 42 billion funds under management on the platform. And the one reason as well that their share price might be underperforming Hub and NetWealth is just because they have a, had a slower growth than the other two. And so those are the three competitors in the space and they've had slower growth in funds under management. So that could be, maybe be one of the reasons. But again, as Mark said, it's a buy rating because it's underperforming the market completely. Mm-hmm. And there's so much opportunity in this space with so many funds going out, so many um, outflows of the funds and going inflows into these, into the on platform to de-risk and kind of make sure you're getting with the legislation, which is so strict yeah. as Mark said these days. Well, it's funny because Raj's last line was, should I keep holding? Raj, I think that is a yes. yes. And again, not financial advice, but they've just both put a buy rating on the stock. We are spoiling Raj today because he asked you actually, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people hit us with these double requests and <laughs> I'm too nice and my producer Rima's too nice to say no. But um, so Raj has also picked a Toma saying, you know, the stock has been on a trading halt for so long. Looks like they have a real product selling their products. He's got a holding, but can't even sell it. What would be the recommendation for this stock? What, what can a retail trader do if the stock's on a hold for a very long time? Is that the case, Mark? Nothing, nothing you can do. Yeah. You can't get out. So yeah. we can't give a buy. Well, it's a double hold, I'm assuming, yeah. because you can't get out. So, ah, don't um, speak to me. Sorry, sorry. Just by default. But it was in a heavy decline as yeah. it was leading into yeah. it. So I would, business of this characteristic, um, I would be saying sell regardless, I would say. And it was a, it was a, 20, late 2020, uh, 2021 yeah. sort of stock. It was it's, a COVID stock. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, if you possibly... If I mean, you, it is so sad, but Mark, you've been yeah. around long enough. Like, there there are companies, even listed companies, that mm. go to nothing. There are. And, and I'm not saying a Thomas is, but I'm just saying, I mean, like, sometimes we get asked by our viewers, yeah. you know, could this go to nothing? And the answer is, well, yeah. Well, possibly, yeah. So, um, and there's, and yeah, in this case, there's obviously not much you can do. Um, I'm aware of the story, um, you know, leading into it. And um, it was, a, you know, it was a source of 
debate, so the start of 20, um, 2022, so we're seeing two-year yields go through 1%. I had I had the hard uh, task of trying to convince my clients to sell out of a big chunk of their tech and their non-profitable tech, and people thought I was an idiot. And mm. until about a month or two later, and but they're um, but they but it's then that was one of those ones where we really got out. It was the stuff that was nowhere near going to be profitable within the next sort of twelve to twenty-four months, and then that's how you. I mean, I, I guess the advice would be. When cycles turn, you want to have a you know, have your your portfolio and go through the list and yeah. see what whatever one's your highest risk is the one you cut first and and then you go down the list until you get to your more value based holdings. So, um, but yeah, markets don't go up forever, mm-hmm. and we had like one of the most it was the best um, financial year in ASX history. I mean. You're unlikely to get two of them back to back. So, and then we went into the worst start to a year in 90 yeah. years. So, it, it's yeah. Tough you need lessons to, be, to learn though. Yeah, trailing. Um, go and research a trailing stock, yep. basically. Yep. All right. Um, any thoughts to add mm. for poor Raj? Honestly, poor Raj. Um, you can't yeah. do anything. As Mark read my mind, a double hold today. Um, I did have a deep dive into their results, and I think they're currently undergoing a strategic review. And when you hear a strategic review, it's not, not a good right. thing to. Yeah. It's not a good thing to hear because it means they don't know what they're doing. Um, the company did. <laughs> sort of like the, the short form of it. Short form, they don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, they have a cash management plan, so they have high levels of, levels of debt. They have high levels of inventory. Again, in the retail space, you do not want high levels of inventory. The one good thing they did is that they had a 30% lower cost base to breaking even. But again, mm-hmm. if you're not making sales, how are you going to break even? Um, first half sales were down 48%. Weak Black Friday sales. Everyone shops on Black Friday. So how do you have weak sales? on Black Friday. It's a really sad story. Um, the one good thing they have is that they do, um, in, they did introduce a subscription model for a cloud-based service. So exactly what you want to see in the tech sector. Good on you because they, they're they capitalizing on annual recurring mm-hmm. revenue. So, but that's the one good thing. So sorry, Raj, you can't do anything. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks guys. And a little bit of education in there, which never goes astray. All right. Let me just quickly recap what we have learned. Um, when we get to Strike Energy, it is a back foot buy for Mark. I'm letting him away with it. It's a <laughs> For Grady at uh, 58 cents as a price target. Neuron Pharmaceuticals, that is a double buy for both of my guests. It's just the beginning. I think I wrote down which Grady said. Uh, 360 Capital, it's a hold. Mark actually sort of likes what he's got going on here under the hood. Um, finger on the pulse, likely, but it's it's not, you know, go all in. If you've got it, hold it. You'll be getting the yield as well. Um, Grady's not totally across the REIT space. I think that's fair to say right now. But very disappointing first half is enough to make her not look to be getting into this one. But she would hold it. Uh, Premium, it's a buy from both of my guests as well. Another double buy. Um, Yeah, they both think that it's going to do pretty well in the environment. And, uh, well, a hold for Thomas because you don't have a choice. But I reckon when it comes online, it would be a sell from my guests just because of the difficulties that it's been going through. All right, that brings us to the end of the program. Thanks, guys. That was good. Thanks, Really appreciate your time, as always. Mark and Grady from Bell Direct and Macro Capital. If you would like us to cover your stocks, I say it every day, but we do, you know, we love getting them in. Ausbiz.co forward slash slash call picks and we can't get to them all right away and we do try to make the programs you know holistic so there's a little bit of of something and to play to our guest strengths so please just keep that in mind i know some people get a little bit antsy out there um we'll get there and uh also after the break we'll get to a market check the pulse is next
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.